0: Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. I still have very little voice. I'm not going to torture you with my voice this morning, but I, I just wanted to send a couple of things out there to you. Number one, today is Lisa and me. It's our 17th anniversary. Um, and that is important um, i just I just want to send a shout out to her, like everything good that you think of me, if you enjoy my podcast, if you think i 'm a good doctor, if you know me personally and think i 'm a good guy, if you um, enjoy my writing or any of those things, everything about me has been refined and improved and strengthened and And just bettered in every way by my association with this remarkable woman named Lisa Warren. And so I just want to send a shout out to her. Just incredible amount of gratitude that I have for the 17 years that we have been together. Now, you've read any of my stuff or been around very long. You know that Lisa and I, this is our second marriage for both of us. And so anytime you've had a prior marriage, there's always some brokenness and there's some parts of your story that are are hurting. I just want to encourage you if you're out there and you've got some brokenness and some, some pain in your story story somewhere. There's a, there's a hope, a real hope that life doesn't have to be like it has been that the, the, the brokenness doesn't have to be the end of your story. And we're good examples of that. When we met, we were both in, in a hurting place and God has healed and, and brought together and created a new family. And it's just been a beautiful thing. And today is the, the mark of a new chapter in my life, really, because I've been married to Lisa now longer than any other particular event or, or period of time in my life before. So today's the the start of the longest uh, period of time that I've ever been um, in a particular situation. So I'm, I'm just so grateful for Lisa. So um, if you're a uh, the praying type, it's a little prayer today and give thanks that uh, brokenness is not always the end of the story, that God always has something bigger in play. Um, and if you're faithful and you press hard and you press in and you don't give up and you remember that hope is the first dose, then your story can have an incredible ending. The second thing is I want to send a shout out to a young woman that I met yesterday at the flower market in North Platte named Madison. Shout out to Madison. She says she is a daily listener of the podcast and and Madison, you had some uh, great things to say and you were very encouraging to me and I'm glad that you're out there listening. And uh, again, shout out to Madison at the flower market. Uh, and if you're a daily listener, if you love the podcast and, and I haven't heard from you before, send me an email, Lee at com, or like and leave a comment on the posts uh, anywhere. And I'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know where you are. We had 110 countries that are downloading the show every day now. And it's coming right out of North Platte, Nebraska. So if, if I've never heard from you before, or even if I have, I'd love to hear from you again. Send us a shout out. And we would love to mention your name on the show. And, and just today, I want to give a little nudge to Madison. Thanks for all that you do over there, making things a little bit more beautiful here. And the last thing is um, I'm doing a series of talks on the podcast coming up called Hope Talks. And these are going to be um, just little opportunities for people to um, tell their stories. We're going to have some guests on in coming episodes of people that have been through really hard things and they've got a hopeful story to tell or a story of great faith or triumph. We also are going to have a lot of the endorsers of my book. We have an incredible group of people who endorsed and are going to help this new book, Hope is the First Dose, get off to a great start. People from Duck Dynasty like Uncle Si all the way to world-famous novelists uh, like Christy Lefteri and, and famous um, big-time writers like Daniel Amon and Max Lucado and just this incredible group of people that took their time to read and endorse the book, John Bevere and Addison Bevere and so many others, Uh John Swanson and, and I just can't. I'm so grateful that Tommy Walker and all these people uh, are helping us get this message out. And I can't wait for you to read the book and get a chance to hear it, to see uh, what this is all about. I've been telling you for for years now that self-brain surgery is the path to reliably being able to find hope, no matter what kinds of massive things come along in your life. And friend, it's true. There there is a pathway. There's a treatment plan and hope is the first dose. And we're going to learn all about that in the coming weeks with these hope talks. But yesterday, because I've lost my voice and because I, I'm sorry I'm torturing you with it now, but I just wanted to tell you I had John Bevere and a young woman named Maylin Dye both scheduled to be on the podcast yesterday and Johnny Serpilla, who is a, a business leader in Florida, um, and he was for last Friday and all three of these were going to be hope talks that will end up being on the podcast and I had to cancel them because I can't talk. I can't I can't carry out an interview and I can't stop coughing. This, uh, this upper respiratory infection has really messed us up, but let me tell you about Maylin Dye real quick. Mei Lin uh, is a Chinese young girl who was adopted with her sister by an American family when they were babies, brought to the United States and raised in a Christian home. And Mei Lin, um, when she was in the eighth grade, uh, it was an avid reader and she read my book, No Place to Hide, which I'm surprised that an eighth grader read that book because if you've if you've read it it's it's combat brain surges a story about my work in Iraq and about PTSD and about all the bloodshed and it's a difficult book and and for an eighth grader to read that it says a lot about her intellectual capacity and her grit but she, anyway she read the book in the eighth grade and decided she wanted to go to medical school we got an email from her way back then a little girl emailed and said hey I love your book and I want to be a doctor someday and over the years Malin has kept in touch with us and when she's written back and forth she ended up going to college at Samford university and then for a little while she was worried that she might not get into med school and she was concerned about being a a, a, being able to be a christian mother and wife someday and also be a good doctor and she asked uh, lisa if she knew any any mentors of women who were successful family uh, people mothers who were also christians and good doctors and lisa and i uh, reached out to Carolyn Sorensen, who's an amazing Christian mother and a wonderful physician, who's a colleague here in North Platte. She does pain management and rehab medicine, and I send her tons of patients, and she sends me tons of patients. And Carolyn, if you're listening, shout out to you. But Carolyn agreed to connect with Maylin and and started mentoring her, and and they just developed a relationship. And this is one of the beautiful things about this community uh, from the podcast and the newsletter that we love so much, and that they just developed a relationship. And we got an email from Maylin a few weeks. Ago. And lo and behold, she's gotten into medical school. So congratulations, May So this little girl that uh, was adopted from a, a, a land far away and brought to the United States and raised in a Christian home and read a book when she was in the eighth grade and decided to become a doctor and went to college and fought through all kinds of adversity. She's going to medical school. My goodness. Isn't that great? So what a great story of hope. And May going to be on the podcast. That was supposed to happen yesterday. I can't wait to introduce her to you. She's just a terrific young lady and has a beautiful future in front of her. And, and I can't wait for you to hear her story. It's got a lot of twists and turns and, and, um, and you're just going to be so encouraged. We also had John Bevere who recently released his book, the awe of God, which I'm again, without hyperbole, I'm going to say, as I've said it to you already is in probably the clearly in the top 10 books, maybe the top five most important books I've ever read. It is a life changing, life giving Uh, paradigm-shifting book that you need to read, and I can't wait to have a conversation with John about it, and I hope that we can reschedule. It was really hard to get on the same page schedule-wise because he's on a tour uh, doing a lot of speaking engagements around his book, and he carved out this time, and I had to cancel because I can't talk. So just pray that the Lord will arrange an opportunity for us to talk again because you need to hear John's story. And you need to hear his um, his story of hope and, and, and faith and, and what the awe of God's all about. It's, it's incredible. And John Bevere is just a phenomenal guy, and he's, he's a leader in the kingdom. And I'm so excited to bring him to you. And go ahead. I'm just encouraging you. Go ahead and read or listen to the audio book. I'd, pr- I'd prefer you do both. It's one of those books that you need to hear John's voice, but you also need to see the words on the page. The Awe of God by John Bevere. You need to read it, friend. Trust me on that. You need to read it. And if somehow, if you want to read it and you just can't afford it, send me an email and we'll try to find a way to get you a copy. I don't have any free ones, but we can see what we can do. If there's somebody out there who thinks it would change their life um, and be and be honest, you know, if you, if you just can't find another way to do it and you need it, reach out to me. We'll figure out a way to get you a copy of that book. Okay. Uh, Lee at com. Read it. Trust me, John Bevere's book, The Awe of God, you need to hear it. All right. I've been talking for nine minutes. I can barely get my voice out. I'm bringing you part fourteen of Infinitely Happier today because I don't have enough stamina to do a whole episode. But we've been doing the Infinitely Happier, which is the beginnings of where I got those self brain surgery concept rolling. And there's so much more to this I can't wait to give to you. But the the, the science of freedom I released on July fifth of two thousand twenty one. So we're talking a little bit about Independence Day and all that, but don't don't be bothered by the fact that That we're in May and not July. And don't be bothered by the fact that that story starts off by talking about a little bit of American history and all that. Don't be put off by that. Get to the meat of it, which is about the neuroscience of freedom and why it's so desperately important for you to get that. Friend, life is hard. There are massive things coming. And they will knock you out if you're not ready. If you don't have a prepared treatment plan, if you're not ready, life is going to hurt you. It will. It will and you got to be ready and you got to be ready to figure out how to get free from some of the things that are holding you back and hindering you and this episode will help so i'm going to give it to you now the infinitely happier part 14 the science of freedom you're going to hear me talking about july 4th and july 5th just don't worry about that just get into the meat of it it's powerful it will help you i promise okay so i'm going to give you at the end of that there's a new song tommy walker recorded a song with the psalm library which is a group of young people worship leaders and songwriters who are recording songs written out of the psalms and psalm one is about that man uh who do, it's, it's, it's a song about psalm chapter one which said blesses the man who doesn't do this and doesn't do that but does this and it's powerful go read psalm one i'm going to give you this song we'll talk more about it later but it's just a great way to finish this episode if you really want to live free learn how to plug into the things that will give you resilience and strength in your life and not be blown around by the wind and the changing culture and all the things that come along okay friend remember i'm always telling you you can't change your life until you change your mind it's true it's good neuroscience and the fact is you can change your life and you can change your mind and you can overcome the massive thing and you can find hope again look at me i'm on my 17th anniversary of being married to the most incredible woman in the world after i thought i was done for and you're not done for either friend Mei Lin, came all the way from china to end up going to medical school in the united states and you can too you can do whatever god calls you to the only thing you have to do though is start today hey are you ready to change your life if the answer is yes there's only one rule you have to change your mind first and my friend there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense That place is called Self-Brain Surgery. You can learn it, and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is, you can start today. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. All right, so yesterday was July the 4th, which in the United States is called Independence Day. It's the day that we celebrate our independence from Great Britain that we ended up fighting the Revolutionary War over back in 1776 through 1783, that independence was earned with the heroism and blood of the earliest Americans. And the men who wrote the Declaration of Independence and framed our Constitution, they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to establish this nation on the basis of freedom— And now, 200 years later, 240 some odd years later, I want to encourage you, my friend, no matter where you live, to embrace freedom. It is critical that you embrace freedom in your life. The founders of the United States of America knew that freedom wouldn't come easily. In fact, they knew that they would have to fight for it, that they'd have to go to war for it, and that some of them would give their lives for it. It's amazing. You should Google that. There's a list of all the people who signed the Declaration of Independence and all the things that happened to them and their families, and for many of them, they gave everything. They, they died poor or they were imprisoned or they were hanged. Their families were harassed. It was a big deal for those folks, and almost none of them came through it and ended up unscathed for having to fight for their freedom. But it was worth it to them because being free was essential to them. They knew they couldn't continue any longer, not one more day, to live under the oppression of the British king. They had to make a change. And I'm bringing this to you because today perhaps there is some area of your life in which you need freedom, friend. Maybe there's something that you just can't take anymore. You've got to make a change and you know it. And the good news for you is the science is on your side. I've got several declarations that you could make today. And each one has something potentially transformative that you could use to break through in your life. And I think they'll find this is a useful exercise. If you're depressed, for example, if you have... Trouble with your emotional and mental state. You can actually take control of your thoughts. We've been talking about this for weeks and this infinitely happier idea. You have the power and the freedom to perform self-brain surgery, if you will, to control your neurochemistry so to speak. You can speak life into your own mind. You can make it better. You can focus on gratitude. You can focus on controlling negative thoughts. And as we've been talking about episode after episode after episode, you can actually improve the neurochemical environment and balance of the neurotransmitters in your brain and make things feel better. The research is overwhelmingly clear that the biggest secret to feeling better, whether you need professional help or not, the biggest secret to getting better is to decide that you want to feel better and to start behaving as if you already do feel better because emotion follows motion. You've got to move. You've got to take some action. If that's picking up the phone and calling a counselor or a therapist or going to the doctor or if it's talking to somebody, as if it's journaling, if it's deciding that you're going to change some radical aspect of your life that's holding you back and keeping you depressed, the biggest decision is that you are deciding that you want to be free from that prison of depression or anxiety or fear or whatever emotional state it is. Emotion follows motion. And deciding, declaring, if you will, like the founders did, that you're going to fight this thing and you're going to break free from it is the key to getting it done. You've got to make that declaration in your life. I promise, if you start moving toward the place that you dream of being, Soon after you'll notice, hey, I'm starting to feel better. Let's let's take finances. If you're struggling financially, it is a scientific fact, friend. It sounds trite, but it's true. If you spend less money than you make, you'll end up having more money. That sounds silly. It's but it's actually that simple. If today, if you declare that you will begin paying yourself first, before you pay, Anything else before you buy stuff, before you do anything else, put some money away for yourself that's for you to keep. No matter how impossible it seems, if you can save 10% of what you earn, you will end up being financially free. It's not only doable, it's actually necessary if you're ever going to break the chains of financial dependency and financial struggle. You deserve to keep some of the money that you work so hard for. The science of finance declares that living on 90% or less of your income is the clear path to security and freedom from financial worry. There's no doubt about it. Remember, the founders of this country pledged their lives and their fortunes. Imagine how the country would have fared if those early freedom seekers had been financially irresponsible in their earlier years. The reason they were able to start the Continental Army, the reason they were able to put the Congress together and do all the things that they did was because they were good stewards of their personal finances. When push comes to shove and you need to make some ha- something happen in your life, you've got to have some resources. And if you live outside your means, you can't ever have those resources and you're financially imperiled. They would have been forever imprisoned by the British if they hadn't had the resources through years and years of good financial stewardship to be able to spend that money when they needed to. They would have had no fortunes with which to help fund the fight for freedom if they hadn't been wise with their personal finances. And having savings creates that power for you to choose a different path for your own life. And that leads, my friend, to freedom. Remember a few weeks ago I said, if you can't say no to something that you want today so that you can have something you need tomorrow, you'll never be free. And this is part of the war. Delayed gratification leads to real gratification, the actual sweetness of financial freedom. If you're trapped in a body that isn't shaped the way you want or doesn't weigh the number of pounds that you want it to weigh, well, biochemistry promises that you can change that too. No matter what people say to you, friend, given the few exceptions of severe diabetes or some metabolic disorders, most of us can weigh... Less if we control what we put into our body and what we burn off through exercise. There's a biochemical actual fact that if you burn off 3,500 calories more than you take in over seven days, you will lose a pound of fat because your body has to turn on the engine that burns fat to get that energy. And it takes about 500 calories a day of deficit to get that engine turned on. That's why those ketone diets work, by the way. It's not a good long term solution for most folks because most folks can't live on just ketone, on just protein all the time. But the fact is, if you burn more than you take in, you will lose weight. So that takes some decisions, doesn't it? It takes some declarations. I am not going to put that bread. I have a friend who never eats bread, um, and she likes bread, but she really doesn't eat it because she doesn't want those calories. So she's making a declaration that that's one of the things she's going to trade because she wants to control what she puts in her body. And I'm always teasing her when we all, the four of us, always go out to lunch and she'll get French onion soup and tell them not to put the bread on it. Why are you eating French onion soup without the bread? But that's another story. But the idea is you have declared that you are going to control that aspect of what you put in your body for the purpose of gaining independence and freedom over how much you weigh. And you can do that. Today, you can choose to move more than you sit. You can choose to consume less than you burn. You can choose to take one less sip or pill or bag of whatever it is that's enslaving you. And you and, and that thing that's keeping you stuck in a place that you know you're not supposed to be. If you want to be free, you've got to declare it. It doesn't just happen by accident. You've got to decide. You've got to act. And you've got to press on through that decision even when it's hard. Whatever it is that's enslaving you, friend whatever it is that's keeping you from being free, you can declare your independence from it today. Remember Proverbs fifteen fifteen that we've been talking about. It says, for the despondent, every day brings trouble. But for the happy heart, life is a continual feast. Well, you get to decide. You get to decide how that's going to play out for you. You don't have to be despondent. But the path away from despondency and towards getting a happy heart is a decision. It's a declaration, just like those guys on July 4th, 1776 said, we declare that we are going to be independent. We declare that we are going to be free. You get to decide that you're going to do that. But here's the thing. You will not find the tools to make that decision, to perform that self-brain surgery that will finally help you reach the place the founding fathers reached when they said, I won't live like this anymore. You will not find the tools by accident. You have to seek them out. You've got to go for it. You've got to make a decision, and you've got to declare it. It's crucial. Remember, the declaration wasn't the end of the matter. In fact, I'm bringing this message on July 5th instead of July 4th because I wanted to make a point. The war didn't end on July 4th, 1776 when they declared their independence. It was just getting started, friend. Remember, they didn't wake up on July 5th and all of a sudden they were free and the British flags were all down and the British went back home to Britain. No. In fact, they had a war to fight that lasted another seven years. It didn't end until 1783 with the Paris Accords. When the founders put pen to paper and declared themselves free, they still had a lot of work to do. They had battles to fight. They had a war to win. And even when it was all over, it wasn't all over. Because the English weren't ready to quit yet in the War of 1812. They came back. They actually captured Washington, D.C. and burned it to the ground. Freedom isn't final unless you're willing to keep fighting for it. So the question today in this short episode is do you value your freedom enough to fight for it? Do you? Remember the Joseph Campbell quote from Diane K. Osborne that I shared last episode. It is by going down into the abyss that we recover the treasures of life. Where you stumble, there lies your treasure. The very cave you are afraid to enter turns out to be the source of what you're looking for. The thing in the cave that was so dreaded has become the center. You find the jewel, and it draws you off. In loving the spiritual, you cannot despise the earthly. So here's the deal, friend. Here on July 5th, you go in that cave... You find the thing that scares you. You find the thing that you're really seeking when you indulge yourself with food or gambling or spending or sexual relationships or whatever. You find that thing that you're really deal that you're really afraid to deal with. And so you're covering it up with these habits, with these mental states, with these relationships, and you find that thing and you decide on this ground ground of your choosing, on the day of your choosing, you're going to begin to fight that thing. You pray for wisdom. You seek wise counsel to root out the insecurity or the fear or the weakness that's leading you to stay stuck, and you name that thing. And there in that dark place, you'll be able to shine a light on whatever it is. And in facing that thing, by naming it, you will come to know it. And in knowing it, you can overcome it. You can't beat it if you can't name it. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians 5.1, it was for the sake of freedom that Christ set us free. It was so important to him that we live free that he was willing to set us free with his own blood. Freedom is crucial because you can't be infinitely happier if you're constantly held back by the same old failures, traps, problems, disappointments, habits, and issues that keep you stuck, frustrated, ashamed, out of shape, addicted, and depressed. There's one more thing I want you to notice about the July 4th analogy. The people who declared their independence and signed that paper did not do it alone. It wasn't one guy signing a paper and telling Britain he was declaring independence. They would have just shot him. No, it took community. It took the power of a large group of people fighting for the same purpose. They pledged together that they were going to be free and they had to help each other. They had to be accountable. They had people praying for them. And guess what? So do you. Let's look at Hebrews twelve one through four. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Listen, friend, you've got witnesses. You've got people who care about you. Now, if you're not a spiritual person, it's okay. You don't have to be. If you can't imagine that this long train of Christians that have gone before you are rooting for you in heaven, that they're pulling for you and and witnessing for you, if you can't imagine that, which is a great, a great thing to imagine. I, I like to think about my son and my grandpa and my mother-in-law and all these people who love me that have gone before me up there pulling for me. And when I make a mistake, they're like, oh, Dad, don't do that. Yeah, Dad, that was a good decision. I like to think about that. And that's what this great cloud of witnesses thing is, is all about. But if you can't imagine that, then at least imagine this. You've got a community here. The thousands of people that are listening to this podcast around the world want you to succeed. They want you to be free, and they are pulling for you. And if you can't imagine it in a bigger spiritual context, then just imagine Lee and Lisa Warren out here in Nebraska, and we're on your side. And I am certain that everybody else listening to this podcast today wants you, friend, to break free and be successful. If you need somebody to talk to, connect on social media, at Dr. Lee Warren on Instagram and Twitter. Lisa is at Lisa D. Warren on Instagram and Twitter. Connect with us. Send me an email. Sign up for my newsletter. Get connected to this community. Zoom with us. We're doing a Zoom this afternoon. Find a pastor, a mentor, a chaplain, a friend, somebody, a coworker, somebody you trust, and summon the courage to tell them that you are declaring your independence from something in your life that's holding you back, and you need their help. If you want to be infinitely happier, friend, you've got to get free, and you don't do that isolated and alone you do it in community it is crucial it is vital that you declare today that you are going to be free from that thing that is holding you back in your life this is self-brain surgery this is biblical it is neuroscience and it is good self-care and this will help the war didn't end on july 4th it started The war didn't end on July 4th. The declaration happened and there was a long seven-year war after that to get them there where they were finally free. And So I'm not promising you that you can make this declaration and tomorrow you'll wake up and you won't be an alcoholic anymore or that you'll have money in the bank. I'm not making that promise. We dealt with theology last time. What I'm telling you is declaring your independence is the first step to being willing to fight for it. And in fighting for it, you will achieve it. God is on your side, and he will help you, and so will we. Again, this is so biblical, and it's so consistent with neuroscience, but you have to do one thing if you want to be free. You've got to declare it.